Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. And you can kind of get this sense there's kind of this moving target. There's a kind of interface, right? One of the places this shows up in a really virulent way is in management. The us versus them mentality in a business is a self versus other issue. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This episode starts a four-part series about one of the biggest sources of conflict throughout human history, the relationship between the needs of self and the needs of other. You can still see it everywhere today, especially in business. In part one, we explore how this conflict plays into workforce hierarchy, resulting in the game of the incentive. I offer weekly webcasts and teach live courses on clearandopen.com because I believe with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on the show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, click the podcast cover artwork, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now, let's dive in. How about in the next hour, we get to the bottom and solve the penultimate, if not the ultimate, problem of humans getting along with each other. How about that? It's definitely on the top five list. You guys ready to do this? I mean, really, if you take this seriously, it could be life-changing. If you take it not so seriously, it'll just be kind of interesting. So every philosophy, religion, spirituality, dharma of any kind is at least in one way addressing one thing. And that is the relationship between self and other. So age-old, millennia-old problem. How to manage the needs of self versus the needs of other. The way anthropologists think it went was that the group of people who figured out how to create iron weapons, I think that was a Neolithic era, that's like 10,000 B.C., People who first figured out how to create weapons took everyone else's food. And they were like, hey, this hunter-gatherer stuff is crap. Why? This is before farming really took off. Instead of spending all day gathering food and hunting, we could let the other people do it. And then when they get back to their camp, we'll just use our weapons and take their stuff. And there was no rules. There were no morals. There was no laws then. So those people thought that was a really good idea. But then what they noticed was it kind of created a community with a lot of stress. (laughs) You know, people always looking over their shoulder, out hunting and gathering and thinking, boy, when I get back to camp, someone's just going to try to take all this from me. That's no good. So 
eventually a kind of morality started to arise where people were like, hey, none of us lives, none of us likes living in this kind of state of affairs where everybody's constantly afraid of losing everything, having it taken from you. So let's not do that. So metaphysically, what's going on there is a kind of social structure, set of rules related to the needs of self versus needs of other. I mean, can you imagine you're on the road and you're driving to work and your car breaks down and you're on the side of the road and you go, well, I really want to be on time for work. I guess I'll flag someone down and carjack them so I can take their car and get to work on time. <laughs> now we think like immediately like, no, no, I wouldn't do that. But why not? Why wouldn't you do that? Because it's against the law. Why really, like, where in you would you, would you decide not to do that? You know, somewhere in there, you're, you're making a decision that your needs of self are not so important that you're willing to steal someone's car. And terrific. That's, that's good. That, that, that's the modern equivalent of the uh, Neolithic era stuff I'm talking about. We don't do that. Of course, well, some people might, but they probably wouldn't steal a car just to get to work on time. I've never heard of that. But to go have fun for a few hours, <laughs> for some people, that's more important. So everywhere you look, you can see this needs of self versus needs of other issue. Ongoing debate of the uh, Israel versus Palestine. Immigration. Uh, gun control. Abortion, right? The the in that realm, it's the the need a woman might have to control her body versus the need uh, other people have for uh, women to follow their rules. You know, and you can kind of get this sense. There's kind of this moving target. There's a kind of interface, right? There's an interface. We're always interfaced with other people, and one of the places this shows up in a really virulent way is in management. The us versus them mentality in a business is a self versus other issue, right? It's a self versus other issue, right? Because the, the archetypal conundrum is that the owner of the business and maybe sometimes the leadership team, if there is one, they tend to care more than everyone else. Certainly the owner, they've got equity in the business. So then they hire people to work for them, right? That's how it's framed. These underlings, they work for the owner in exchange for money. And what you usually see in especially as disengagement grows more and more in this world. What you see is what I call the, the employee victim mentality where employees do the minimum to get by and to do their job without getting fired, but they're not going above and beyond like the owner or leaders usually want. That's a self versus other issue. Right? Because the owner has a need of self. The owner's like, I want everyone to care as much as I do and work as hard as I do and all that. And the employee mentality is, well, I don't want to have to work that hard because I want, I want to do the minimum 
effort required to get my money to self needs in opposition. So then what happens? Oh, all sorts of things. One of the things that's born in those kinds of situations is supervision. Supervision I define as making sure someone does what they already know they're supposed to do. So one of the ways supervision shows up and this is classic management stuff. If you look at all the management methods and techniques and conversations and ways to do things, if you look at all that, you'll see that a huge portion of them fit into a category of trying to basically to trick the employee into wanting to work harder than they really do so that the needs of the leader self are met and the needs, the, the, the minimum to get by strategy is somehow altered in the employee, like an incentive right? Okay. Well, this is your base salary, right? But if you perform X, Y, and Z goals, if you meet those goals, then I'll give you this much more money. And the employee goes, Oh, well, that's a reason to do more than just the minimum to get by. Okay. I'll do that. And there are thousands of these kinds of things. All of them fall short because they're limited is the employee motivated by money? I've, I've, I've had this conversation with lots of people. Those kinds of uh, financial incentives work really well to, typically with salespeople who are very often motivated by money. But I, I can't wish I had a, a couple hundred bucks for every conversation I had where someone was like, I'm trying to motivate people with money and they just don't care. They're, it's like they're already paid enough and they don't want to excel to get the more money. It doesn't work with everyone. It's like, oh, didn't get the bonus this week. Oh, well, at least I'm still comfortable, right? It doesn't matter. So I'm like, okay, well, how are we going to incentivize these people? Well, if we reach a certain goal, we'll have a big party and the food will be great. And that excites a group of people who are kind of social and like parties. Or if you meet these goals, you'll get a promotion and you'll be in a different part of the org chart and you'll have more responsibility. I mean, more power and uh, it'll be great. And you'll have this resume item. Oh, okay. But that doesn't appeal to everybody. So you see this game, you see the game, the manager is in this kind of game of like, okay, how do I figure out how to get this person to care as much as I do? And if you're not at the top of the organization, probably your manager is doing the same thing with you. Because <laughs> certainly you're probably more engaged than the people below you. But ask your manager if you're as engaged in your job as they want you to be, where that gap is. Right? All the way on up the line. So what I'm going to propose today is that while it's understandable that this kind of game, this incentivization game is being played. It's all inside a kind of context of supervision. And it's all inside of accepting the self versus other problem as being irresolvable. Right? And if you look, again, it, apparently it's impossible for me to talk about business without talking about spirituality. I keep trying I, but it just seems to be impossible. So, but I, at least I can be uh, vague enough to be inoffensive. 
So if you look at any, uh, like look at uh, Judeo-Christian religions and, and Islam as well, which why it's not considered a Judeo-Christian religion doesn't really make any sense. But the, the way the story goes is that um, the, there are three Abrahamic religions. Abraham had three sons, I think is the way the story goes. And from Abraham came Islam, Christ, uh, Christianity, and Judaism. Uh, and if you really look at Islam, it's not much different from Judaism and Christianity. So from the, if you look at all the Abrahamic religions, which represent uh, like uh, two and a half billion people in this world, basically their orientation is you're too selfish. Serve other people. Serve other people. In Islam, they're really focused on pride. Islam literally means surrender. A little bit of uh, religious trivia there. So uh, they're, they're, they have a kind of more universal sort of surrender kind of vibe. In Christianity, the vibe is more like, um, you know, loving thy neighbor. It's a little more personal um, service to others. Uh, and and the, the idea in, in many forms of Christianity is if you're a good person, which includes like generous and altruistic and you serve other people, well, then you'll get to heaven. That's your reward. That's the incentive plan. I mean, imagine if you had that in your business. Hey, do a good job here. Eternal bliss when you die. <laughs> so um, that would be something. And then if that didn't work, you could bring in a hell thing. You know, if you don't perform, you'll not only get fired, but eternal damnation. So if the heaven wasn't enough for you, there's also the hell thing. So most of the ways religion and spirituality, the, the, the bigger ones, uh, the, the, the well-known ones, they're all about serving other. But there's also, you know, and with the idea is get out of your, depending on the language, get out of your ego in Buddhism, you know, stop thinking about yourself so much. Serving other people, it'll sort of come back around to you, which is very popular in Christianity. In Islam, it's more about surrendering the self to God, to Allah, and um, making room for it. But there's also uh, religions and spiritualities and paradigms that uh, look at it a different way, that they're more self-interested. Less popular nowadays, but Nietzsche wrote a lot about this kind of stuff. He was a very self-empowered kind of guy. And uh, in the last century, we have uh, Ayn Rand, who is probably the greatest champion for self uh, in, historical, uh, in, the, in the history of philosophy and objectivism. And basically the idea in the self-oriented uh, religions and spiritualities and orientations, there tend to be more personal power type stuff. Tony Robbins is a self-oriented kind of, you know, grow the power of the self kind of thing. Uh, neurolinguistic programming, um, NLP, uh, Scientology is a, a very self-oriented kind of thing. But the idea in all those realms is if you're focusing on a healthy self and you're empowering yourself, it's going to be a cup runneth over dynamic and you'll be able to serve those around you. As you learn every time you get on a plane, you put your oxygen mask on first before helping those around you. And everybody can relate to that truth, right? Yeah, I don't want to be passing out while I'm trying to get my oxygen mask on my five-year-old sitting next to me, right? Because you take care of yourself first, then you can take care of other people. And if you approach a Christian, Muslim, Jew with uh, that logic, which, again, they may be confronted with every time they get on a plane, 
mostly they'll go, oh yeah, of course you you have to, you, you can't, you know, just forever serve other people. You have to take care of yourself um, or else everything goes to hell. So it's kind of confused, right? Because the, and then the self-interested people would say, of course, well, yes, you have to serve other people sometimes and you have to set aside, you know, I mean, these, some of these people certainly have children and they realize very quickly that, you know, just because they feel like, uh, you know, taking a walk down the street and grabbing a pint and a burger just doesn't work when you have a six day old, you know, that you're solely responsible for. doesn't matter what you need, you know? So you see this problem, the self versus other, self versus other, self versus other, and it plays out all the time. Just look in your own life where you have some kind of um, difficulty or frustration or challenge that has to do with a self versus other conundrum. You know, think, think where that is for you. Where are you under stress because you feel like there's not enough time for you? You're not able to do the X, Y, and Z activities that you used to do. Where, where is that for you? Or where is a manager wanting you more engaged at work? And you feel like you're doing your best already. Or where do you have people who work for you and you want them more engaged? And there's some tension there. Where is that? What does that look like for you? Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.